Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, once again, it is my honor to be here, and I want to just go ahead and start part three of the local church. And I'll warn you tonight, you will not run or jump or shout. Uh, (laughs) You probably won't bounce off the wall, because this is more of a take your car to the mechanic for maintenance. Everybody's favorite, yes, maintenance. And, but yet it's important because if we don't maintain what we have, then uh, we hear that little rattle and we just let it go. It can get big and bad and it could have been fixed with a $5 part, but now I don't know what I'm going to do. The mechanic said he needs it in the shop for three weeks, right? When maintenance. So go to Matthew 16, please. And we're going to uh, preface the maintenance first by looking at a few scriptures and showing why this local church is so important. Why it's so important uh, to prioritize the local church in our life. Matthew 16, verse 18. These are the words of Jesus. He said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus calls it his church. Now I know this is my church, this is your church, but ultimately this is his church. Right? And This is one of the most outstanding statements that we'll see in the Bible concerning the church is that Jesus calls it his. And if he calls it his, I want to be involved, right? I want to do it his way. And he said, this is mine. Now, quickly go to Acts 20 and we'll find out why he can call it his. Acts chapter 20 in verse 28. And we know this scripture and we know it by heart, but yet see see this, see see Jesus looking at his church and <laughs> saying, "This is mine. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and into all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood." So do you see that? Jesus can call this his church and the church universally his church because it's been purchased with his own blood. So he has every right to call it his church. He has every right to expect it to be run and organized the way he sees fit. Right? So pastors are charged with keeping Jesus' church healthy. 
And so I'm charged with helping my pastor. <laughs> so tonight, <laughs> we're going to have a little maintenance session about keeping the church healthy. Now, what I don't want you to hear is, oh my goodness, this is what's going on in our church. No. To my knowledge, and, we're, and specifically we're going to talk about strife, okay? To my knowledge, none of us, none of you watching online are involved in strife. You, you aren't. Because, and, and you'll see why, if, and if you are, <laughs> you'll see why you don't want to be. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I don't foresee anybody doing that. But if we don't know, and if we don't always check up, look, I know each and every one of you, if you've ever put a tire on, you tighten the lug nuts, right? But let's say you put it on one time and you don't. Well, it's going to fall off. Just because you've tightened them before on the past time you changed the tire doesn't mean this time, well, I did that before, so the tire will stay on. No, right? So we're just tightening things up. That's all. Now, one more scripture before we get into the meat of this. 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 and we'll start in verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. So the pastor has to take the oversight. So that's why what we're talking about tonight is ultimately, and, and we said it's Jesus' church, and Jesus has put the pastor as the under-shepherd. So tonight, and I'm under the under-shepherd here, so we're taking the oversight. We're, we're, we're helping, right? And so that's, it, it's so important. The pastor has been called to exercise the oversight that the position in the office requires. Right? And so I've said all that to say this. The number one health risk to the church is strife. Look at Proverbs 15. And we're going to just roll through the word and, and things that, that we've seen. But again, you don't just change the oil on your car one time in the life of the, well, you might, in the life of the car and think it's good. I've not, listen, I knew, I knew a guy, I worked with a guy one time, and his wife at the time, she said, well, the oil light keeps coming on in the car. And he goes, well, are you changing it? No, I just keep adding oil to it. Well, how long have you been doing that? Oh, months. Okay. And he just, he would put his head in his hands and he said, I've, I've explained to her, well, she wasn't getting it, but you're going to get it. <laughs> We're not just going to keep, not just going to keep adding to the problem and thinking that it'll just go away. No, we're going to see, we're going to be able to diagnose and see, and then we're going to be able to fix it from the word. Amen. Proverbs 15, and let's start in verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herb 
where love is, than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. The way of the slothful man is, in he- is a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. All right. So, you know, we're seeing this discord. And a surefire way for the church to be sick is for there to be discord among the brethren. Uh, it was on a, a minor scale when I first showed up here, but there was a, a gentleman that, and, and see, this is how strife can be. It can, be so, it can start out so subtle. Uh, this person would want to kind of get you over off by yourself. And I was a new believer. I didn't, I didn't know if he, what he was saying was right or wrong. But it wasn't ever come out and, and totally disagree with pastor. It was always, well, what would you think about what he preached? What would you think on that subject? What, what do you think? I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. What, I, look, I, I, this is how ignorant, and you'll laugh, how ignorant I was. I came up here, and this was the first time I thought I got saved. Now, it, it, didn't, it was over my head. And, and I had a brother, not this guy, but I had another brother ask me, he goes, are you born again? I said, I don't know, because I don't know what you're talking about, right? I didn't know what that meant. I was ignorant. Well, then, then the, the, the time I came up here, the night that I really surrendered, okay, I, I understood it, right? But th- that's just to give you, the guy would get, this one gentleman would get people, uh, I don't want to say alone, he wasn't being creepy, but it was get you off to the side or get, catch you outside. Hey, what would you think about what pastor said? You're asking the wrong person because I don't have an opinion about nothing because I don't, I don't even know what pastor said, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't sticking because I wasn't, I, laugh, it's true. <laughs> so he was barking up the wrong tree because I wasn't, but I'll say this, he found enough people that would agree with him and we'll see this. He took them. He took them. He took them away. And it was and it started small. It started so small. And we see here that discord is sown through words, through speaking. The word discord means strife. Strife is sown through our speaking, through words. Look at Genesis 13. And this is the first time in the Bible that, we're, that we see the word strife used. Genesis 13 and verse 7. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled them in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. The word strife means a contest. So the root word it comes from means complain and or contend. Do you see that? So he's saying there, there was a contention. There was, a, they were complaining. This is the first mention of that word. And see, I used to think that Everybody complained all the time. Look, you might work around some people like that. 
I used to. That's all they did all day long. Complain, 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 complain. I knew a guy that from the time he got out of his truck to the time he got back in his truck, I never saw him smile. I never saw him say anything nice. In fact, he was one of the meanest people to work with. Nobody wanted to work with this guy. Uh, it, the joke was that if this guy were to have won the lottery, he would have complained that he would have had to take off work to go cash a check. Uh, it was that bad. It, and, 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 and it was just complain, 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 and, and this, and they're, and they're against me, and, and this, and the strife, and just, oh. And we'll see this when we, when we move a little further into these scriptures, but there was always confusion. And, well, that's what the Bible says. Where, where there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work. And he was always just turmoil and chaos. I don't want chaos in my life. Nobody, and, and nobody willingly would say that they do. But people that are always stirring up strife, isn't it something how their life just seems like it's a constant turmoil? Right? Well, <laughs> we, we, we see why. Strife causes people to complain against or contest everything they hear. And how do we complain? With our mouth. And then we wonder why we get what we've been complaining about. Again, I have a lot of examples from my previous workplace. Not here. (laughs) Because I'll tell you this, if I want to get fired here, all I got to do is stir up strife. There is a zero strife policy. You will get canned. And he makes no... Look, and that's not a threat. That's just because, like we're talking about, you want the ministry to die, let strife run wild. Because strife will start, and it's just like a little fire, and before you know it, the whole thing is engulfed. And well, what happened? And I know it's a real simple analogy, but the forest fire started from a match. It started from a spark. And it got out of control, and nobody took care of it, right? That's why we do these maintenance checkups every once in a while. There is no, there's no fire anywhere, I promise, all right? But we need to check up. Look at Proverbs 16. I told you you weren't going to shout. I told you you weren't going to run and jump. I was right. <laughs> Proverbs 16, verse 28. It says, a froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. That word froward, it means perverse or crooked. So a person who sows strife is crooked. They have no good intentions. I mean, we have to settle that. Somebody that's constantly, consistently, Stirring up strife, stirring up contention, complaining, whining, this, that. Number one, they don't have any good intentions. And number two, we'll see this further from the word, strife's selfish. Because strife's all about, I want to feel good. So if I'm not getting my way, I'm going to make sure I make it miserable on everybody. Right? You're smiling. (laughs) I think you might know some people like that, possibly. Or, or have dealt with people like that in the past. Not your neighbor, no. Smile at your neighbor and tell them I love you. 
<laughs> okay. Now, that person may try to mask their intentions. We've seen that. But the result will be the same sickness in the body. At the end of the day, a person might be sowing up strife and trying to hide it. But, it, but at the end of the day, it's going to show up as sickness somewhere. Somebody's going to get hurt. Wherever there's strife, somebody's going to get wounded. Somebody's going to get hurt. Okay? And we're not called to wound or hurt anybody. Okay? Look at Proverbs 17 and 14. And if I may, uh, brothers, could I see that in the Amplified, please? The beginning of strife is, is as when water first trickles from a crack in a dam. Therefore, stop contention before it becomes worse and quarreling breaks out. Stop strife before the dam breaks. I mean, that's very plain to me. Because everything that that dam is holding back in the natural, I mean, you think about any, any lake, I mean, Clinton Lake, in the grand scheme of things, a small body of water, but for the state of Kansas, it's pretty significant. And it has a dam. And it has a, I mean, the dam's huge. There's a road across it. You can drive across it. It's beautiful. If it breaks, that water's going wherever it wants, right? And the Corps of Engineers, the Army Corps of Engineers, they check it from time to time. And if there's a breach, they fix it. Because they don't want what's being held back to just rush out and destroy what's on the other side of it, right? The same is, is here. And, and I, when I was studying this out, Matthew 5, 23 and 24 stood out to me. And, and let's turn over there. Because if I even get the, the, the inkling of strife. The Bible tells me what I need to do. It tells me how I need to fix it. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there rememberest that your brother has aught against you, leave there your gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So what it's saying is, no matter what you're doing, if you remember that your brother has ought against you, and I, can, I read it this way, or if I have ought against my brother, right? Stop what you're doing. I mean, yes, this is important. This, this offering is important. But it's more important that you go stop that strife. And you get that relationship right. Right? Because to me, the way I see this, I can, I can bring the offering again. But I need to go, I, there's, the time to repair the relationship is now. Because it may not be repairable if I let it, if I let that trickle and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. See the maintenance aspect of this? If we just let it go and let it go and let it go, well, before you know it, that relationship that was repairable, and I'm not saying there isn't, I'm not saying there's ever a lost cause. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that if that thing is just cracked just a little bit, it's a whole lot easier to fix. Okay? So quickly. We want to do it quickly. We want to go fix it now. We don't want to stir up this complaining or this contention. 
Here's, a, here's one strife area, comparison. Oh my goodness, when we start comparing ourselves to others, I've done it, Why, where I compare myself to somebody else, and before I know it, they've never done anything to me, ever. They've never said anything bad to me, ever, treated me like gold, yet in my mind, I'm comparing myself to them, and I don't measure up, so yeah, I don't like them. They've never done anything to me. Do you see how it just tries to worm its way in and try to just destroy? And it's, it's little. It's, it's subtle. Look at Proverbs 29, please. Chapter 29 and verse 22. It says, An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. So we see here that strife comes about when somebody gets angry over something they don't like or they don't understand. I'll use me as a really good example here. Before I was saved, I didn't understand. Obviously, I ratted myself up earlier in this message. I didn't understand anything about God. Well, we walked into to Checker's grocery store there in Lawrence. We had just walked in. We were quarreling, if you want to call it quarreling. We were arguing. We were fussing. And we had the two little girls with us. They were little. And, you know, the kids, kids know when you're fussing. And they're just, and, and I've told this story before, but the more I thought about it and meditated on it, God revealed something to me from this story. And we had just gotten in the store and we're fussing. I mean, normally we didn't fuss until after the store, but we were already fussing and we were in the store. So it was not going to be good. And this guy, I used to say he, he was homeless. I don't know if he was homeless. He looked, if, if there is such a thing as he looked homeless, he looked very unkept. Uh, his clothes were very dirty. His hair was messy. He needed to shave. Uh, he just... He had that look, whatever that might be. And he came up to me, and he put a Bible track in my hand, and he says, you need this a whole lot more than I do. Now, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I know, it's, 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 it's funny, but it's true. And I got so offended at him. How dare he? I took it, and I threw it in the cart. And I looked at her, and I said something along the lines of, well, how dare that guy come up and try to tell me what I need, blah, 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 blah. He was right. He couldn't have been more right. He, what he, and I didn't even read it. I knew it had Bible scriptures on it. I just threw it, in the, and I never looked at it again. That was God giving me my answer right then and there, but I rejected it. I got offended at it. And it just caused more strife. Something else for me to be, I mean, it wasn't her fault, but uh, she took the brunt of it. And I used to think that that was a guy trying to witness to me. I don't believe that. I believe that that was a guy that got witnessed too and read it and saw me and was like, oh, no, you. Because <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't try to get me saved. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He didn't ask me about my walk with Christ. Nothing. He said, you need this way more than I do. 
and then he was gone. Well, I, that was second, third hand to me, but I got offended. I was, I was this person here in, in 2922. I didn't understand it, so I got angry over it. But now I understand. So <laughs> when you see that, when there's, and we see this on social media all the time, people don't understand something. So they, they, they interject their opinion, and they stir the pot a little bit. And then that person, then somebody else sees what they're upset about. And, oh, you know what? You're right, because this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And before you know it, you got 98,000 comments of people that are upset, and they didn't understand it. It was a big misunderstanding. And then finally... When a person comes in and explains, hey, guys, you're missing it here. This is really what happened. Guess what? There's no more comments after that. <laughs> Nobody has anything else to say because the light showed up. Oh, and then, and then, you know what's funny? Some of those comments get deleted because they realize, ooh, I was wrong. But it's all that strife mentality. Ooh, let's light it on fire and watch it burn. Right? We can't do that. And I'm not saying we do, but it's dangerous. It is so dangerous. And, it's, and, and many times it's just a misunderstanding. I don't understand why they did that. Well, is it any of your business? No, then stay out of it. Right? That's what I have to do. I have to tell myself that all the time. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, did they ask you? Well, no, they didn't ask me. Then how was it your business? Right? When in, in, in little minor things. Now, we don't let people just walk into a wall and say, well, that's none of my business. You know, keep hurting yourself. You're good. No, we don't do that. But if it's trivial, minor stuff that doesn't matter, if I don't understand it, don't worry about it. Let, let them be, right? But, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you see your brother or sister about to fall, go help them and pick them up. And we'll, we'll see that. Listen, it gets better at the end, I promise. It, it, it really does. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, please. We're just, again, it, it, the Bible has a lot to say about strife and, and how to avoid it, how to identify it. Uh, the, the, not the conclusion, but the, uh, oh, what's the word? 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3. the uh, consequences of strife. The Bible has a lot to say about the consequences. 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3. for you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? And one translation says, mere men, mere unchanged men. When we allow or participate in strife, we're being carnal. And, you know, we've been learning a lot about that from our pastor. About uh, drawing near, let us draw near. And how the carnality's got to go. 
If we want to grow, if we want to grow to the level that God wants us to grow and expects us to grow to, the carnality's got to go. And strife, boiled down, is just, a, just a, another thing that carnal people do. And unfortunately, carnal Christians do it. But, not here. We, we not leadership, but we as brothers and sisters, we won't get involved. Amen? Because we understand we've got too much on the line to be contentious with one another. There's just, and, and, and that's not even in a fearful way that, oh, if I, if I get into strife and God's going to be mad. No, I've got too much spiritual growth on the line. I got too much I'm believing God for to get in contention with you. And, and, and I'm, I want to be a good brother. I want to come along and help you. I don't want to, I don't want to divide us. I want to bring us together, right? Okay. Let's look at Galatians 5.20. Please. Now, we're running through here, and you can read these verses on your own, but let's go down into 20, and it says, Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Boy, none of those words are good. None of them. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Do you see strife's in the middle of all those words? So you couldn't ever say the stri- eh, strife. No, it's on the same level as witchcraft. And nobody in here would ever say, oh, I want to be involved in witchcraft, right? <laughs> or hatred. I mean, that word hate is strong. And no, that, that's, how, that's how serious this is. This word describes a self-seeking ambition that's more concerned about itself and the fulfillment of its own wants, desires, and pleasures than it is in meeting the same needs in others. Okay? So when this is operating in somebody's life, it means taking care of themselves and getting what they want is their principal concern. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. In fact, this person is so bent on getting what they want, when they want it, how they want it, they'll do anything. They'll do anything. They'll say anything. They'll sacrifice any standard. I mean, they don't care just as long as I'm getting what I want. Who cares about you? Are you over there bleeding to death? Who cares? I'm getting what I want. And I'll step over you. I'll step on you. Doesn't matter to me because you don't matter anyway. Do you see? Strife. And, and, And that's why it's so important that you know, we take into account the other person because it's selfish, it's self-focused, it's an attitude, it's a mindset, right? And when someone has this attitude, you can rest assured there's somebody over in the corner hurting, wounded, bleeding, I mean, just cut from head to toe because somebody had to have their way. Right? Somebody had to just run their mouth and didn't care what it was going to do to that other person. Okay? 
They're bound to hurt people. They're bound to offend people. But not you. Not you. Please, please hear me. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just, this is how we identify this, okay? And again, we talked about this carnality. It's the nature of the flesh to want to be self-consumed. But as believers, that can't be us because we have God's spirit on the inside of us. That's not his nature. God's nature isn't to be self-consumed and make it all about me, 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 me. It's all about him, right? And it's all about what I can do for him, all about what he can do through me for him, what I can do for you, what he wants to do for you through me, right? Blessed to be a blessing, obviously. Uh, Coming alongside, being support, not always about how I want to do it and my pursuits and my projects and my dreams and never asking you about yours. Always talking about me and this is what I did and I did this and I did that and, what, and, and then you start to talk. Have a good one. I'm out. Well, come on. I mean, that's a very, very, very one-sided relationship, Right? We've got to work on that. So how is strife spread? Words, right? Can you take, are, are you all okay? Are you, are, we, are you good? Okay. I know, I know it's a lot. It, it really is. But again, we don't do this every time. You don't take your car in for maintenance every day. And if you do, you just get a new car. So Proverbs, <laughs> Proverbs 18.8 Right? I mean, if you, if you just believe God for a new one, and you'll be okay. Proverbs 18 and 8. The words of a talebearer are his wounds. And we talked about that. Somebody's over in the corner bleeding. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And that talebearer means whisperer. Well, that, to me, whispering, that's gossip. And that nothing stirs up strife faster than gossip. Well, did you hear about this? Would you hear about that? Oh, they did that. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe? Hold on. It's about to get ugly. It's about to really hurt somebody. Right? But isn't it funny that the person that maybe is being gossiped about, we're wounding them. And they're not even there. Most of because if you're gossiping about somebody, you're not doing it to their face. Come on. I'm not saying you're gossiping now, but the last time you did, were you doing it to their face? No. You were talking behind their back and you were hurting them the whole time, and they weren't even there to defend themselves. I remember one time. <laughs> it, it doesn't do you any good to go to your pastor <laughs> and say, well. Such and such, so-and-so said this. And they say, really? Go get them. I've seen that happen. This person, well, so-and-so said this about me. Really? Well, go get them, and we'll talk about it. Not, wasn't going to listen to that. Let's go get the other person, because there's two sides to every, well, there's three sides. Right? You've heard his side, her side, and the Truth, right? Ha ha, come on. Come on, stay with me. We're almost done. <laughs> no, there's two sides to every story, 
right? And, and, and if you're just gossiping and you're hurting that person and they're not even there to defend what you're accusing them of or, or uh, maybe saying you do different, again, is it your business? No. Okay. We already read it in 16, Proverbs 16, 28, but gossip will turn friends on friends. Think about junior high. And I know I don't want to go back there either. But just go back there just in your mind for a second. A, a whisper separateth chief friends. How many times, and it was something petty. Oh, it was petty. Always petty. <laughs> and yet, you could have had friend, you were a friend with somebody for months, maybe even years, and something petty, something got, and they were whispering about you somewhere, and it separated chief friends. And, and, and like we talked about, it was probably over a misunderstanding. It was over something that didn't matter, or it was something about, well, they thought you shouldn't have done that, or can you believe they talked to me that way? And it separated. And 13-year-old me, as an example, I wasn't quick to repair that breach. It was, no, let's just let it keep growing and growing and growing and growing, right? We can't do that. Gossip will turn people that you would never have thought would leave. Gossip will, will drive them away from the church. People that you thought would never, ever leave. And it all started with started with words. Well, what'd you think? And, and, and I'll reference this man again. Well, what'd you think about what pastor said? Well, what'd you think about what pastor preached? Or what about this? Well, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's how I see it from the Bible. Hold on. He's the pastor, right? What my opinion about the word, I'll be very honest with you. What I see from the word is what my pastor teaches me from the word. I, God is good to me and shows me things and, 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 and he's good to you and you get revelation from the word, but I don't have to go out and share it and ask. I, that's for me, right? And I'm not, again, we, that's a whole nother message, but this guy would, would contradict what he was hearing here and he was... Look, if you've been here any length of time, you know it's the truth. The word gets preached here. It's the truth. Well, little by little, whispering, gossiping, separating. And before you know it, there's people leaving out the door. And I bet you, I'll bet you, if you investigated it, they really couldn't give you a good reason. Not a biblical reason anyway. They could give you reasons of offense, they could give you reasons of gossip. They could give you reasons of, uh, well, he don't understand, or well, it was this and this and this and this, and it all started with strife. It all started with that small little crack, and it, started, and it separated chief friends. It did. I saw it. People that were like this were now like this. Again, bear with me. But that could have all been avoided. 
You know how you shut that down if somebody does that to you? And I've not seen anybody do that since. But if somebody, hey, what'd you think about what pastor said? Do what I did, even though you may know I just did it out of ignorance. Just say, I don't know. I I believe what the word said. God bless you. (laughs) Don't get into a debate. Don't go out into the parking lot and, and have these, and we don't anymore, thank God, but these sidewalk prophecies and parking lot prophecies and and I got a word for you. Hold on. No. It's safe in here. <laughs> if you have a word for somebody, this is what pastor has taught us for years. If you have a word for somebody, go grab a leader. Have them go with you. Let them judge it. That's safety. That's not, that's not to say, oh, you missed it. That's just safety. Let, the Bible says let... let let two or three judge, right? I mean, uh-huh. let there be some witnesses. But when, but when we see, and you've seen it, and people pull people off to the side and they want to give them words in private, why? Why can't we do it in here? Does that make sense? Okay. That was free, as Pastor would say. <laughs> I think we need to help this get better. Let's... Uh, Let's see something here. Let's look real quick. Let's look at Ephesians 4. And this is where we'll, we'll close this down. Because we always want to end on a high note. <laughs> yes. Higher than that. <laughs> I know you can reach a higher note than that. <laughs> no microphone required Ephesians 4 in verse 29 now we talked about how strife is is sown by our words right but verse 29 is very clear and we're going to read through 32 it says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth well, that's, that's the number one strife killer right there. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Strife has never edified anybody, ever. And that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Strife has never ministered grace to anybody. Strife has ministered, if you want to say ministered, strife has sown bondage to people, but never grace, right? Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Aren't you glad that, we were, that we've been given the answer? Yes. And I know that, that, that it may have seemed like we were belaboring the point about strife, but I think it's amazing that the Bible has so much to say about strife, and then it's summed up in how to avoid it in two scriptures. <laughs> you know, it's simple. It really is. Uh, 
and it's, 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 it's deeper than to say it's just a flesh issue. It is, but it goes deeper than that. And it really ties into what Pastor's been talking to us about. As we draw near and as we grow, the strife problem should just fall away. Not that it won't try to rise up, but you and I, we should grow past it where it's not an issue. It's just something we don't participate in. I don't have to participate in strife. It can be going on around me, all around me. Everybody can be involved in it. I don't have to. You know, it is. It's a choice. But it can be a deadly choice. And it can cause... It can cause somebody to stumble and it can cause somebody to get offended. And you say you didn't mean to. That person says, well, I didn't mean to do all that. Right. And let's go back to it one more time. That little crack in the dam never meant to open up and for the whole lake to come flooding out. But it did. Right. So that's that's why we got to watch it. Again. We're just tightening up the bolts, getting rid of the rattles. And if you don't have any rattles in your vehicle, great. But you still check them anyway, right? So that's all this is. My family, I believe, I believe these verses about us. I believe that you're tenderhearted. And I believe that you're forgiving to one another. That's what I believe. So just continue in these verses, amen? And we're going to see great things because this is a strong church this is a healthy church but if we if we never touched on these issues then it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like the the young lady I talked about we just keep pouring oil in the car thinking it's good because it should be fine I just keep putting oil in it it's fine right no <laughs> we want to maintain our health. Amen. And I'll I'll leave you with one more transparent story that you can make fun of me about. Uh, It was it was at the end of a a message much like this. And boy, I didn't know anything. And I came up to pastor, but I knew enough to know that I wasn't doing that. Right. And I came up to pastor and I said, pastor, that was a great message. Uh, Boy, I'm, I'm glad I got that one. I'm glad I got that one under control. Oh, my goodness. So, so arrogant, so dumb. Just telling my pastor how much I had mastered whatever he had just preached on. And he said, praise God, brother. <laughs> God bless you, right? Well, I guess that's just a, a warning, if you want to use that word. Just because you've got it, mastered today doesn't mean that you don't have to master it tomorrow, right? And I was, so con- I was focused on, wow, he was, he was really letting that person have it, and I know they needed to hear that. Wait a minute. I needed to hear it, right? So with that being said, just a, just a note of caution that none of us have arrived and that we all have to renew our mind every day and that we want to stay in the strife-free zone.